0: Raising the Bets is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to Raising the Bets, or a Catholic couple raising five kids outside of Boston, Join us as we share the joys and challenges of marriage, homeschool, and our adventures near and far as we make sense of the world and experience the best parts of our culture. I'm Dom Bettinelli. And I'm Melanie Bettinelli. So Melanie, today I had a fireball to the face. I had a fireball facial. Yes. So we'll just start with that. Yeah, I was not... Um, amused. Uh, I wasn't amused either. In fact, I, I was, I think I was actually shocked for a little bit afterward. Here's what happened. Uh, I did the big dummy thing. So I was grilling some uh, some kebabs, some uh, skewered meat for dinner tonight, and because it's drizzly, I didn't want to use the charcoal side of the grill. It's a, it's a hybrid charcoal uh, gas grill, one size charcoal, one size gas. So I decided to do the gas and for whatever reason, the gas just keeps going out. If I light it and leave the lid open, it stays lit. But if I close it, um, it'll go out. And it went out. And so I wasn't even thinking. Like, I know you're not supposed to do this. I opened the lid, saw it was out, and hit the igniter. I know you're supposed to let the gas vent before hitting the lighter beam. to turn everything off, uh-huh. let the gas vent. And, and it just, it was instinct. It was. A bad instinct, very bad. And I, I distinctly remember. See, I can picture the fireball that came out of the grill. I, I kind of, I'm kind of glad
1: no one saw it happen. Kind of glad I didn't see it because, oh my gosh, yeah, this this freaks me out. I was very freaked out. I was thinking when you said that, I was like, okay, where are my keys? Get leave Bella in charge. Take you to the emergency room. Dom has done
0: it again. If I'm not cutting stuff off, I'm setting myself on fire. Uh, I did manage to uh, singe my beard and eyebrows. <laughs> so it was like the, the distinct smell of burnt hair for actually, probably still is. Uh, and I was pulling singed, burnt beard hairs and eyebrow hairs off for a bit. Um, but yeah, I was kind of walking around a bit in shock for a little after that. Uh-huh. Uh So remember, folks, if the grill goes out, Always turn off the gas, give it time to vent, yeah. then relight it. Oh, gosh. I just, I'm, I mean, that close just, to being just, a cautionary tale.
1: Uh This is where I feel like I should be quoting the car talk guys. Don't be an idiot like my brother. <laughs> yes. Don't be an idiot like my husband. <laughs> yeah.
0: And don't be an idiot like her husband.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So. Do, uh, do,
1: do people know car talk anymore?
0: Bob and uh, not Bob and Doug McKenzie, um, uh, the Malloyzi brothers, the uh, um, Cook and Clack, the Tapper brothers, yeah, yeah, man, that was like the, the greatest radio show ever. It was, it was really. I I don't know if I've told the story, but like there was one time when I was at Steubenville, I was driving from college into Pittsburgh, um, which is like a forty five minute drive, and I remember, and I was, uh, I was. I forget where I was going. I was probably going to buy bulk chicken. (laughs) Bulk chicken. I used to, once a month, I would drive into this place in Pittsburgh where I could buy 10 pounds of chicken for like a dollar a pound or something like that. Just like spillless chicken breast. Okay. And then live off of that as a college student. You know, it was worth the ride. Right. Sure. Anyway. That's not really important, but anyway, but I was listening to the to the to the show, and the whole ride it was like forty five minutes of this one story, that involves a lady leaving her, um dead dog in the car that had been taxidermied, and the and, <laughs> and brought it to the mechanics, and then and left it there, and the mechanics thought they killed the dog. Oh my gosh. And bought an identically identical looking dog and put it in the car for the woman to (laughs) their dog miraculously was resurrected at the mechanic shop. I, I had to pull over at one point I was laughing so hard. I could not see the road. It was the funniest story. Oh my gosh. And I think they still play reruns. They must like, at least locally here on the local, uh, you where they originated oh man and you could probably get them as podcasts or you know online download them all something like that um wow it was so good one of the brothers is still alive still with us the i think that's they they retired before the one who died died probably because he was in ill health um but uh yeah one of them still with us but yeah that was such a great that was such a great show Anyway, speaking of great shows. Uh-huh. Uh we got a lot to talk about going all the way back next week, the last week not next week because we're not this isn't Dark to who. <laughs> uh, going all yeah. the way back to last week's uh, beginning of the week, Memorial Day, uh Memorial Day parade our annual tradition of you taking the the scouts to the Memorial Day parade.
1: Yes. Scouts were uh, Isabella and Sophia carried the flags again. They did such a good job at the um 4th of July parade that they were asked to do it again for the Memorial Day parade. Uh, And Bella also um, helped to lead the Pledge of Allegiance and was honor guard for the laying of the wreath.
0: She did such a good I, I saw the pictures and I have to admit to being very proud because I have taught them how to salute properly. Yeah, And to stand at attention but most of the scouts, they're like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're like scratching their eyeball with their with their pinky finger or something when they're saluting. But my kids, they salute properly and they have, you know, the 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 upper arm is parallel to the ground. Uh, how I learned in ROTC, you know. Right. It, so and she looked really. Really good in those photos. She was
1: also really good. I mean, she has ADHD and she fidgets a lot. And she managed to stand up there in front of everybody and did not fidget. And she was up there for most of the ceremony because they called her up at the beginning. She and another scout from a different troop to lead the pledge. And they stayed near the front um, until the wreath laying, which was near the very end. It was almost the last thing they did. Mm.
0: You said there was a a, a guy give a speech that um, Th- there were lots of speeches. <laughs> there was there was one particular one where you said that Bella was very moved by it because it reminded her of my dad.
1: Oh yeah, there was a guy who was. No, I am not going to remember. You don't he, have to
0: remember the whole speech.
1: No, no, I'm just like he was like a lieutenant colonel. Oh. In the army from like a neighboring town, and he had served and his brother had his brother had died in action his brother died in the invasion of granada right um and so he sort of was talking about memorial day you know from from the perspective of his family who had you know lost a family member in action and like his mother evidently the members of his brother's um platoon perhaps yeah um company whatever um, were on the West Coast, like out in California. Mm. And his mom found out that they weren't going to be able to make it to the funeral, to the wake and the funeral. And she got on the phone and she called the White House and demanded <laughs> to speak to the president.
0: Wow. Talk to,
1: she talked to Ronald Reagan? <laughs> she did not actually speak to the president, but she demanded to speak to the president. She was eventually transferred to the appropriate office at the Pentagon. <laughs> and those those boys were all blown to Massachusetts for the funeral, <laughs> he said, do not mess with Italian mamas. Well, given that, that,
0: that there can't have been that many guys who died in the invasion of Grenada.
1: It was not it was like maybe a hundred and something. I think, guys, it was not a huge number
0: that that would have been something they might have gone to some lengths to to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was a great story. And in fact, th- only 19 Americans were killed. OK, maybe it was total like injured. 116 wounded, wounded. That's what I was remembering, yeah. wounded numbers my head ah.
0: with only 19 Americans killed in that. I'm going to guess that they they decided, yeah, we need to make sure we take care of those families.
1: Right. Uh, anyway, the part that really moved Bella, though, was he was talking about the importance of Arlington National Cemetery and um, pointed out that we have a military c- cemetery here in Massachusetts. In Bourne, which is where you, your father is buried, we mm-hmm. just buried him um, last year, and so Bella, I, I missed it up too. Bella and I both missed it up um, when he was talking about that, thinking about your dad and his funeral. Yeah, so
0: I I probably would have too. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been there. I was recording shows, um, so uh, one of these years I'd like to go. I went a long time ago they but, do
1: They do a nice parade and ceremony, I our, have to say,
0: our town does the patriotic holidays really well, right um, mostly due to the uh town historian Th- thomas Benvey. when, when who, he who passes, does an amazing job. when he
1: passes, we are going to be very much the poorer for his loss
0: yes, that will be true, um, yeah, because he he's pretty much he, he sort of is the
1: corporate memory for the town mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of amazing to see somebody who. Is that like, I don't have roots in this town. We've only lived here for 14 years. Yep. But the way he talks about Holbrook, the the, the historical memory he has, it makes me feel proud to be a resident of Holbrook. And I think that's such a gift to yep. be able to help people feel connected to the place where they live, to the history and to the memory of it. That's really a great gift. I'm just kind of impressed.
0: Uh, I'm a firm believer in, if you live in a small town, especially, I think you should definitely try to see, find the town historical society or most little towns have have one, um, at least here in New England. And I'm not sure that's true everywhere. It, it probably isn't, I suppose. But if your town has a, you know, a little historical society, you know, to look, look into joining. It's usually like, you know, ten bucks a year, you get a newsletter, but you know, support them because our our, our history in our towns is so important. You know, the, these this Memorial Day commemorates the the dozens of guys who from from this little town that have given their lives for our country in various conflicts. Although they said the, the there hasn't been anyone from Holbrook who's died in battle since um, Vietnam. I think since Vietnam. Yeah. So. Kind of interesting. Uh, So Memorial Day Parade. That's very nice. And then um, today, the whole week later on this this Sunday, you went to a wedding shower for my niece.
1: Yeah, your niece, Kateri, I met when she was a toddler. Yep. And she came to our wedding shower and helped to open the presents because she was a preschooler at that point. That's right. Um, And now, yeah, she's getting married this summer and I'm just... It's kind of amazing, um, but it's really great. It was beautiful. I got to I got to visit with your um, aunts.
0: <laughs> uh, Talk about a little Italian grandmas. <laughs> yeah, Little
1: Italian aunties. They are awesome. Uh, I love them so much. And uh, it was great. It was very really fun. It was like a tea party sort of thing. Everybody got fancy teacups and little little sandwiches and things. Cool.
0: Very nice. So, apart from that, the other big thing that we've been dealing with this week was the unexpected closure of the medical practice that your and my doctor, we share a uh, a, a general practitioner doctor, um, th- this large medical practice with hundreds of doctors and I think they said seventy thousand patients in eastern Massachusetts, shut down overnight. Just they. You know, they called in the employees and said, yeah, we're we're done. <laughs> and and you only found out because of a phone
1: call. Right. I actually was supposed to have my physical this one this coming Wednesday. And I got a phone call saying, we're very sorry. We're going to have to cancel your appointment. I'm like This is not completely unusual, right? Sometimes get doctors
0: get sick or have right. things come up. Yeah. You
1: know, she said um, Compass Medical is closing for indefinitely yeah and i'm like i did not really quite understand what she was saying you mean the particular office because it's like multiple buildings right so i thought well, maybe for some reason they're closing the the office and that that our particular doctor is in, in quincy and she's like no all of compass medical is there will be information on our website i did not really it took me a more than an hour to process what she was telling me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't keep her on the phone the whole time, but just like to, to like understand it wasn't until we like Googled and found the news, the news stories, the news stories yeah. about it. And we're like, okay, this is really real. Are, are they just, Closed
0: it down, and you know think about how big this so there's already a shortage of doctors you know uh, you know just regular doctors out there it's hard, it can be hard to at least in this area it can be hard to find a new general practitioner a regular you know regular doctor and you know nurses and all this sort of stuff so and we've had in this local area two hospitals close uh you know, one burned had a big fire that shut it down, and they won't be able to reopen for like a year, and the other one they had flooding back in twenty twenty
1: one twenty twenty. 2020 it was 2020 it was like during the pandemic yeah. they had to close down a hospital because of flooding right it was and they a, haven't opened
0: again and they had to tear the building down it was it would had it had um subsumed the foundation and they're rebuilding it so 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 there's like two like just on top of everything else and so the you have 70,000 patients out there who just suddenly don't have doctors now we're Generally okay. I mean, we have our conditions. We have medications and prescriptions, that sort of thing. And that's we were a little worried about those. But I've, you know, both of us had had enough of the, of our medications to last us a little bit. But just imagine the the people who are going through ke- uh, chemo for cancer. And the I was thinking today, like, what about like the uh, imagine a woman who's nine months pregnant and, you know, is going in for her weekly checkups and all of these conditions, all these things. And suddenly you don't have a doctor to go to. And they're telling people, go to emergency rooms and urgent cares. And, you know, the emergency rooms and urgent cares are already overwhelmed. Right. They don't have extra people to just like do regular maintenance. Healthcare. Right. Care. So the good thing is, this is a little bit of uh, serendipity for us. Um, we love our doctor. Doctor Gupta, she's she's the best. I've had her longer than you have. Like your doctor retired, and so I said you should go to Doctor Gupta. She, I, I've had her as my doctor since we moved to uh, Holbrook, so you know, fifteen years, and um, she was like a new doctor then. She had just like just came out of med school, or, you know, finished her residency, whatever, right. but she was a new doctor at the time. Uh, so it's kind of fun you know, to have been with her this whole time. But, and so I'm like, I want Dr. Gupta, wherever she goes, I want to know where she's going. I wanted her to be my doctor. Well, it turns out that the, me- the medical practice that our kids are all with, which was separate from, thank God, from the one that we were in, uh, that our doctor was in, they have taken in, uh, at least our doctor Dr. They've taken Kuntel, in most,
1: and, most
0: and and many others who were at the same location. Although also the cardiologist who'd been, you know, uh, I have, you know, family history of heart disease. So I have to see a cardiologist reg- regularly. And so he's also going there. It's like, Oh, whew. so that's really good. Um, we've already started the process of, you know, we, you already had an, uh, an account there so to speak a patient portal thing as the mom of the kids so we're already you know halfway in the door so we're we've started that process but you know we still gotta figure out rescheduling appointments and all that sort of stuff is still got to be worked out but it was that was a big deal it was i was really concerned for a little bit
1: yeah that. and worried about our doctor too because like losing your job suddenly with no yeah. warning is's is got to be hard,
0: yeah, I mean, even though you know you know doctors and nurses in high demand these days, but still, just to throw everything into flux, you had a job, you liked it, you went to you know you had a place you knew you were to go now you got to find a new job and go to a new place and all that sort of stuff, and start building a practice from scratch again, that would have been a pain in the neck, so uh, yeah I, f- I feel bad for all these people. I saw this one woman online um who was you know on Twitter, she was taking a video you know a selfie video and saying how she'd worked at Compass for 26 years. And she was younger than I am. She might've been like your age. Like I, I got the sense that this was the only adult job she had. You know, this was, she worked there for 26 years and suddenly just one day they tell her, you're out, you know, we're done. So the reason they closed so suddenly, well, nobody really knows exactly. They said challenges, uh, but they, a few years ago, they sued this hospital group that they were affiliated with for billing things and the that hospital group sued them back and won <laughs> because so suing them was a dumb idea in the first place and they the judgment they haven't paid on the judgment and according to the news it's up to 25 million dollars so that's got to be why like they just didn't have any money so it wasn't the best the best run place frankly I, the only reason i kept going there was because of the doctor right um so uh, i'm happy to to try something new with the same doctor. So, so that was the excitement this week.
1: Yeah, a, lot, a little drama.
0: Yeah, and also good that the fireball didn't make me have to go to the doctor.
1: <laughs> right, I, other, that would probably have been an urgent care. Urgent care, care or emergency, or, I know, PR.
0: I know. Uh, all right, so speaking of uh, the grill, let's talk about what we've been cooking uh, this week. Besides your eyebrows? Besides my eyebrows and beard. <laughs> thank you very little. <laughs> um, the So I made some... Uh, grilled teriyaki shrimp and pineapple skewers now there's a little story that goes with this okay. which is i'd seen in the circular for our local grocery store like they do this like buy all the ingredients for this recipe that you can find on our website and they had a grilled teriyaki shrimp and pineapple skewers recipe and i'm like ooh i like shrimp and pineapple and teriyaki but when i went to their website the recipe was nowhere to be found i'm like huh so i knew that one of the things you can do with ChatGPT is you can uh-huh. tell it you can give it some ingredients and say, give me a recipe or just say "Which what I did. I went to it. And I said, give me a recipe for grilled teriyaki shrimp and pineapple skewers. And it did. And so I tried it and it worked out pretty good, right? Yeah, it was <laughs> it. It was OK. Yeah, it it needed a little something like some tweaking, but it needed red bell pepper, which yes, I didn't have because we'd used it in a different recipe. We we'd used it all. We only had week.
1: one bell pepper and I had already used it for something else.
0: Yeah. So but that, you know, it's fine. Next time I'll know. And uh, it needed bigger shrimp than I had. The The shrimp cooked way too quick for the for the grill. Yeah. Uh, But nevertheless, it worked out pretty good. Uh, I didn't actually make. The teriyaki sauce, according to their recipe, to, to its, the recipe it gave, because I already had some teriyaki sauce from a different recipe I made earlier.
1: I mean, isn't teriyaki just teriyaki?
0: Teriyaki is teriyaki. It's mirin and soy sauce and sugar and ginger and garlic. That's it. Very there simple. It's, it's the simplest thing you should ever buy it in a bottle. I mean, mirin's the only weird thing the, uh, in, in it. So um, which is a sweetened rice wine, um, but it's the easiest thing in the world to make. Uh so I made that and that was okay. Then I made another uh, interesting dish this week, uh which I'd been meaning to try, which is Tuscan grilled ribs or rosticciani, which sounds much better than Tuscan grilled ribs.
1: Um if you say so.
0: So they're grilled pork ribs. And frankly, there's not much to this the only the only sort of different thing part of this recipe is there's a vinaigrette you make that you can Dip or spoon onto you. You th- like it's the the ribs themselves. It's like salt, pepper, and oil, and then you just grill them.
1: <laughs> there they, there is not a whole lot of especially distinctively Italian thing about them.
0: No, the vinaigrette is like olive oil, garlic, mint, uh, rosemary, and lemon juice. I mean that the rosemary is what makes it Italian. I I didn't
1: even try the vinaigrette. I have to.
0: Yeah. I just... Now I you know usually. I like smoked ribs. You get the, the bark from the, the glaze and the rub and the the smoke and it's fall off the bone tender and all that sort of thing. This was more like, you know, there was some chew to it. You had to. these were, Yeah,
1: these were not fall off the bone tender.
0: No, but it was more like like almost like pork chop sort of thing, like pork chop on the bone. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I know some of the kids, they do not like chewy meat. Yeah, uh, But I kind of liked it. It was, uh, I, I gotta say, I mean, it was it was as simple as it can be. You just um, throw it on the, over the charcoal, you know, uh, let's see, four to six minutes on one side, flip it four to six minutes on the other side, and then flip it again. And I, I moved it off the direct heat until it reaches temperature, which is another five or 10 minutes or something like that. And that's it. And it was... I, I liked it. Did So Did was it okay this way? I mean, I kind of prefer the smoked, but the smoked takes a lot longer and it's a lot more fiddly.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I would want to have it frequently, but it was okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a, a repeat. No, you don't I think
0: don't you want to have it again? I don't know. <laughs> What if we tried it with like a rub on it, you know? Or is it the texture?
1: I think it's more the texture rather than the flavor. Yeah, no.
0: I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, I I agree. I I prefer the smoke I wonder, drips. I wonder if there's,
1: but I wonder if there's somewhere in between, like something that's still not very fiddly, but still gives you tender meat. That that is more like, I don't know. Throw it in the oven and cook it low and slow for some time, but you don't have to fiddle with it.
0: Well, we did once do the uh, the indoor barbecued ribs. Remember that? That was in the oven.
1: I don't really remember, but I'll trust you on that.
0: Yeah, I have to go go back and um, how we did that. So I use I mostly use the technique and use my own rub and own barbecue sauce, but um, yeah, I mean that roasted in the oven for
1: two and a half hours, basically at at a low temp. So. So so today, one of the kids said to me, uh, I think it was Sophie. Yeah. Daddy does all the the interesting, fun, new recipes and you just do all the like boring things that we always have. (laughs) I'm like, oh, ouch. Well, she's not wrong. She's (laughs) not wrong. But that's 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 only within the past like year or two. That's not like a permanent like that's Uh that hasn't been the status quo. Before. Yeah,
0: there there is another rib recipe. For, uh, Meathead's last meal ribs. So, um, what's his name? Meathead. Uh, I, I, I had the same problem last time we talked about him. Um, there's this guy called Meathead. Meathead. Uh, Meathead <laughs> Goldwyn. Uh, that that's I. It's just staging. I'm. I'm going to guess his parents didn't name him Meathead. <laughs> you don't think so? No, no. He he says, Dad was the first to call me Meathead after watching Archie Bunker. Well, there you go. So, uh, anyway, so Meathead Goldwyn is this pitmaster expert barbecue hall of famer.
1: So basically, he had to live up to that nickname. Yes, I guess.
0: So. And so it's it's this recipe it's called the the best smoked barbecue ribs you've ever tasted. The last meal ribs. So I mean the you, you got to try something like that sometime. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, Sophie was saying like I made uh, beef suya today, which is a West African uh, beef dish. It's like a peanutty. Be- I've made it before and talked about it on the show. Although it's mm-hmm. a different recipe. Um, but she was like saying like in prayer time, you know, cause we, we always have them thank God for something today. Like you know, thank God for one thing today. She said, thank you God for that awesome dinner uh, and she was like praising. She's like, "Thank you for making that." You know the the interesting meals, um, sort of thing. She was thinking about that, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, I to be honest, sometimes I'm I, I I want I always want to have at least one new thing that I'm cooking to talk about on the show, right? But I but I do also just like to. I've got I've got thousand, like a thousand recipes in paprika of and, you know things that. We haven't cooked before uh-huh. that I want to, you know, I want to try. I put them in there for a reason, you know. I have you know dozens of of uh, rib recipes, not dozens, but I have a bunch of rib recipes. I want to try, you know, get around to them. And
1: well, that's good because I'm kind of burnt out. Although I tried a new thing today.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. You could let's talk yeah.
1: about that. I did. Um. So you had some baby spinach that we had got, and uh, it needed to be cooked. And I was remembering a recipe that one of my roommates used to make back when I was in grad school that had spinach and chickpeas in it. And I couldn't find that particular recipe, but I was Googling around and I found like this Spanish chickpea and spinach dish that looked really good. Uh, So I decided to make that. And I was like three quarters of the way through the recipe before I actually went to go look for the chickpeas and realized that we didn't have them. Uh, So I didn't really make that recipe, but I made a sort of Spanish-inspired dish with the baby spinach. Basically, it had like some Aleppo pepper heated up in the oil, and then I sauteed some uh, onion and bell pepper and garlic in that uh, oil. And, and the bell peppers were just because we had them left over. They were not actually called for in the recipe. We just had them left over from another meal. And then wilted the spinach in that no, before I wilted the spinach, uh, I had some tomato sauce, like jarred tomato sauce, and I threw that in there with a little bit of um, wine and some liquid from the pepperoncini jar,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, then you you cook that down a little bit, and then you add the baby spinach and let it wilt. And at this point, then you would add the chickpeas if you had them, but we didn't. Um, and then you toast some almonds. And you, it has you grind them in a mortar and pestle, but I just use my food processor because I'm, you know, lazy. Uh, and you're supposed to cook, to grind them up with some parsley. And I just threw some cilantro in there because we don't have parsley, but we have cilantro. And then you add that to your wilted spinach. And it's supposed to kind of, the, the almond paste is sort of supposed to thicken it. Um, You add some broth. It called for vegetable broth. We had chicken broth that was open in the fridge, so I used that, and then some raisins. For, for that that Spanish that oh. that that sweetness. I didn't you notice a lot the of Spanish cooking. Yeah. Oh yeah, interesting. A lot of Mediterranean cooking. Spanish, um, Sicilian. Ital- Sicilian uses raisins as to add that sweet note to savory dishes, and I really love that. Uh, so, yeah, it came out like really like a flavorful sort of sauce. It would have been good with the chickpeas in it, but it was okay without.
0: I think the chickpeas would have added mostly texture. Right. Um, give it a little bit of something to chew on. So, uh, but otherwise the flavor was really good. I I really enjoyed that. The almond was, was an interesting flavor in that. I thought that was interesting.
1: I really, like it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the Muhamara. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, it's like a Spanish dish that has like, Roasted red peppers and nuts. I think originally it calls for walnuts, but you can substitute other nuts for mm-hmm. it. It's kind of like a spicy, creamy, um, peppery sauce. Yep, used for vegetables. So this kind of reminded me of a variation on that. Interesting. Anyway, uh, I'm definitely going to make that again. Yeah, because I, I feel like with sautéed greens, I have a tendency to kind of just do them very simply with onion and garlic and maybe like a little bit of vinegar or uh, lemon. And I wanted something more, something different. Mm. So it was it was a fun experiment. I feel like with experimenting with vegetable side dishes, there's a little bit more freedom because I'm not trying to make sure that all of the kids are going to like it.
0: Because well, we also had green beans and broccoli at the table for them to eat as well.
1: Right. So I I felt like this was just a... You and I can try it. Maybe the kids, other kids could try it if they wanted to, but they don't have to and they don't have to like it.
0: I mean, that's one of the things we all all try to do is like we always have things that maybe the kids won't eat. Not always, but like we try to do, be okay with having things that maybe the kids won't eat that we'll like and get them to try just a taste or 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 something along those lines. And I, I think it works out pretty well in the long run. So, that's what we've been uh eating. So let's talk about some things we've been reading or watching. So, uh a couple things I want to mention, a couple things I've watched. I watched the first episode of a Netflix series starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called Fubar, uh which is an acronym for some for something that's not family friendly. Uh-huh. And um I don't know. It was kind of, you know, Arnold is up the, getting up there now. He's got to be late sixties, early seventies, something around, around the, the, that area. And so he's getting a little old to be playing action star, honestly. Uh-huh. so he's like this, um, secret service, not secret service, CIA agent. Who's retiring. And, um, it turns out, and he's, you know, kept it th- that he's been this secret agent from his family, his whole life. And he has his daughter and, you know, he thinks she's like the perfect daughter who lives a you know, very boring life. Well, it turns out she's also a CIA agent that unbeknownst to him and they didn't know neither of them knew. And so he's been called to go rescue her from her assignment that has gone bad and hijinks ensue. So uh, yeah. would,
1: would the CIA not sort of see that as some sort of a conflict of interest and, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. and not actually have a father rescuing a daughter? Well, yeah, they also
0: wouldn't have a, as it turns out, seventy-five-year-old, <laughs> S- secret service, you I mean, a, ah, CIA agent in the field either, right? It, it, I mean, it, it pushes believability at every turn. Okay, I mean, this is this is sort of a farce. I watched one episode. I don't know if I'll go, if I'll go back and watch any more. It was kind of it, it, silly, frankly, but um, yeah. Was it supposed to be funny? Uh I mean I think that there are bits that are kind of uh meant to be ha ha. But in I don't know. It's not supposed to be like a comedy series. Okay. It it's supposed to be action. It's an action comedy. But that's the way okay to describe it on uh Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> that's my 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 response is meh. So uh then there was the Season finale, or maybe probably series finale of Ted Lasso, uh-huh. the third season. The, Apple's been very cagey about whether this is the end of the show altogether. It certainly felt like the end of the show. Uh, there are some openings for if they want to spin off or continue without Ted and that sort of thing. But it was it was a, it was kind of an odd final season because so many major plot points happened in-between episodes, like major changes in what the, what's going on with the characters happen off screen. That's weird. It was kind of odd because like they wanted not to focus on that, but on the way that people dealt with it. And there was lots of reconciliation. There was lots of people doing nice things to other people, which is what Ted Lasso was really about, you know, and it, where other shows would hype the drama by building the conflict, Ted Lasso always went in the other direction, and you know worked to rec- to to make people feel better and to reconcile. Okay, uh, so I mean, I did like that about it. You know, the, the 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 language is terrible. Let's just be clear there. And there's lots of references to uh, extramarital a- activity, so that's not great either. But it's kind of interesting. Interesting that in so many ways, it's it's about people being good to each other, and we, you know, when you, when you have the opportunity to do good or ill, you choose the good. And the people in general, everyone except for one person who is just apparently irredeemable, um, end up good in a good way at the end. So it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of refreshing in that. I, I liked that about it. Uh huh. So, um, I kind of hope that they continue a show with like Roy, Roy Kent, uh, because frankly, Roy is my favorite character from the the series. Um, uh, and he would be very funny to to keep following. It's just he's, he's this he's the lovable curmudgeon. Okay. Roy, ugh, he's like growling at people all the time, but he's really a softy at heart. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was a really good character. So, kind
1: of like Ron Swanson?
0: Kind of in that same camp. Okay. Yeah, although more grumpy, more more angry over time. Okay. Uh, so, there's that. And they also had a, a few weird storylines that they, they started spinning out in the third season and never went anywhere with um, this one character, uh, Rebecca, she, the owner of the team. They started this whole big storyline about her wanting to have a baby at this late date in, you know, she's, you know, close to menopausal, if not already, you know, and
1: they it just, they just dropped it gone. One wonders if maybe they started the story arc because the actress was pregnant and then she lost the baby or something. I suppose, although
0: given that this is the final season I can't imagine that she would be showing by the end of it, but maybe, maybe they, yeah, I, I you know, you, that's the point you're making. That's a good point.
1: Thinking from the, the, oftentimes babies get written into shows because the actress is actually pregnant. Right. So I could see them trying to set that up and then sadly having to write it out or right. just or, drop it
0: or dropping it. Right. That's possible.
1: Which would be really sad for the actress. I
0: mean, I would yeah. think that that would be really hard. I don't think that's the case, though, because no. I haven't
1: seen anything about it, um, although it's not like I follow celebrity news, so it's possible. And and sometimes people keep things private, so yeah. it, it might not have been discussed. That's true. So the other thing we watched uh, separately, because
0: I want to talk about something we watched together. OK. Uh, so since the kids have been taking karate, I suggested the other day at dinner that maybe they would want to see Karate Kid. And three of them took me up on it. Sophie did not. She just had this lack of interest in watching it, which is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I I think it was maybe partly lack of interest in that particular movie and partly just lack of interest in watching a movie with her younger siblings.
0: Oh, that's entirely possible.
1: Teenagers. She's a 15-year-old girl. Yep. Um uh, and her siblings can be a little bit trying to watch movies with
0: that, that's true. That's true.
1: So Sophie and I ended up having a movie night. Yes. But you you were talking about Karate Kid. yes
0: no, like, So I this was the first show. time I'd seen Karate Kid in about thirty years. Like I hadn't seen it in ages. And wow, that took me back. It was it because Daniel in the in Karate Kid is about the age I was at that time. So this is like a a, nostalgia. Yeah. Huge nostalgia trip for me. Um, And wow. So fun to to watch it again. All of the, all of the great lines, the Mr. Miyagi, you know, isms and the, you know, the, the Yoda moments (laughs) that he had and making him uh, wax the car and wash your paint the fence and the, all this really awesome stuff. And plus stuff I totally had forgotten about the, um, I mean, I remember this, the scene where he is mourning the loss of his wife. He was in the army in world war two in the U S army. Right. And there was a Japanese battalion formed of Japanese American soldiers who were drafted and then sent to fight against the Germans in Europe, in Italy. Right. um, Senator Daniel Inouye, that's where he lost his arm. Um, he was a senator from Hawaii uh-huh. uh, several so, so years ago. Um, anyway, and so he's telling the story to Daniel, drunk, <laughs> because he'd been, he'd been drinking because of uh, this is the anniversary of the day that he got the telegram that told him that his wife had, um, it, who was pregnant with his child, their first child, had died in labor at Manzanar, the internment camp.
1: Oh my gosh, that's horrible. I did yes. not remember that at all.
0: Yeah, and they they don't make a big deal out of it, but you see in the box of the letters and stuff, uh-huh. he has a Medal of Honor. Mr. Miyagi is a Medal of Honor winner in the movie. Interesting. And, and the Medal of Honor winner, his wife, was in the Manzanar internment. That, the, that, that internment, Japanese internment, is... Brought up there with among the most shameful things in American history, including along with the things we've done to African Americans and we did to Native Americans, the things we did to Japanese Americans too. Like that, just those three. Those are three of the worst things America's ever done, just straight up. And uh, it reminded me of it. And I actually was able to tell the kids a little. you know paused the movie and told them a little bit about the the context so that they would understand.
1: My my uh, my friend Kira's dad was interned in Canada. <laughs> um yeah she as a he was a small child but yeah you know they they didn't inter um
0: italians and germans no they they only did to japanese because being asian they were alien and strange and for you know more foreign and so it, i mean it was a racism thing it's definitely, definitely very racist. i'm not i'm not one for you know pointing at racism everywhere but it's we, You have to call it out where it is, and that was totally there. Anyway, but the rest of Karate Kid was good. I was surprised at how quick the final um, battle went, the final karate thing with uh-huh. the bad guy. And I also had forgotten that uh, Johnny of Sweep the Leg fame um, actually congratulates Daniel at the end. And it's kind of fun because I've also been watching the new Cobra Kai series on Netflix. Right. Which picks up where the where Daniel and Johnny are now 35 40 years later and how the tables have turned. Daniel's actually a very successful businessman and you know wealthy and Johnny who came from money is you know down on his luck and a loser basically. Uh, it's kind of interesting that it's a good series. I've only watched part of the first season, so I'm, I'm kind of interested in um, picking back
1: up again now that I've watched Karate Kid again. So you watched something with Sophie though. Right. We watched the first episode of the Pride and Prejudice miniseries. I, what was that from somewhere in the nineties, like early nineties, I want to say. Who was
0: that? You said Colin Firth was Colin in that? Colin
1: Firth and Jennifer, Jennifer L.A., LA E H L E 1995
0: TV series. 95. Oh, yeah, so good.
1: Um, so Sophie and I read Pride and Prejudice, um, last year, earlier this year, I don't remember anyway. Um, and I had told her that we would have watched the miniseries and we just hadn't got around to it yet. And so she was kind of like, I feel like watching something, but I don't want to watch Karate Kid. And I said, It's time for Pride and Prejudice. So she thoroughly enjoyed it and I hadn't seen it in ages. So I, I thought it was really fun. Cool. It's so good. Awesome.
0: So, uh, so that's things. Oh, and then we got to talk about the, the series we're watching together. Right. American born Chinese.
1: Right. American born Chinese is based on a graphic novel that I have not read. By Gene Yang. Right, who is is Catholic. Catholic, and he actually wrote a series a, a graphic novel that I have read. Um it's actually a duology called Boxers and Saints and it's about the Boxer Rebellion and the Catholic martyrs. So Boxers is obviously about the Boxer Rebellion and Saints is about the Catholic martyrs who were killed during the Boxer Rebellion. Um so yeah, American Born Chinese is an adaptation that Disney is doing so it concerns
0: the the mythology of the 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 monkey king of heaven sung wukong and his son uh what's his son's name jin jin is the boy um anyway there's a battle brewing in heaven and the son takes the iron staff which is the only weapon that his father's son can use to defeat the beast man, whatever, you know, you know, the the, the usual thing. Anyway, uh, but the main character in this show is this teenage boy, Jin Wang. And Jin is an American teenager at a California high school whose parents are both immigrants from China, but he's right. American born Chinese.
1: And he does not like standing out and being different. And he just wants to fit in. Right. And so, uh, you know, he he likes anime and he's got
0: his friend who likes it, too. But he, and he plays soccer and he wants to be part of the crowd. And there's a cute girl that he likes and all the usual teenage things. And then this kid shows up who's very strange, who is very Chinese, like from China and kind of gets in his life. And he's kind of paired up with him because the racist (laughs) principal says, well, you're both alike. And he's like, how I'm like, he's like, I barely, I don't really speak much, uh, you know, Mandarin, like, like my parents speak it and I can kind of talk to them over dinner, but not much. Like he's very much an American kid, but you know, because they're both Chinese ethnicity, she pairs them up and, uh, the, the, you, you might guess from, you know the description that we gave the the battle of in the heavens shows up in this chinese in this chinese kid's life in this high school and he gets embroiled in it all uh we've watched the first two episodes uh michelle yo shows up Mich- oh, I, I love michelle yo I, I watch her in anything she's fantastic so uh it's, it's fun to see her again uh, but i i kind of like it there's not a lot of at the end of the second episode, Jin just gets, is just getting connected to the mythology stuff.
1: Right. We It, it takes some, it's a kind of a slow build. Yeah. Which is fine.
0: I, yep. like, I like slow builds. It does. It does spin out a lot of um the sorts of things that uh, children of immigrants have to deal with, with, you know, a foot in two worlds. Right. I mean, when you taught at Salem State College, you you knew a lot of kids like that.
1: But when I also news. I also had some students who were, uh, exchange students, right? Too. Um. So yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. So it it's a good series so far. I like the actor Jin who plays Jin. I mean, he's kind of he's he's good at it. I mean, he's uh, uh, endearing. It reminds me a little bit of Ms. Marvel. I'm kind of curious how yes. whether that sort of spins out in the same sort of way. Um, although he doesn't have the very American friend like they often have, like Ms. Marvel had the very American, uh, you know, Kamala had the, the, the friend who had a crush on her. Right. uh, That sort of thing. So, uh, it's, it's a different show in that sense, but uh, it'll be, it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finishing that out. So you're reading a book.
1: What are you reading? Uh, it's undoubtedly you're reading a book. Of course. I'm always reading a book. I'm reading several books, but I'll just tell you about one. Uh, I'm reading another Elizabeth Gouge novel because I'm on a kick. Um, <laughs> this one is called Gentian Hill. Gentian is the name of a flower, just in case. Right. Um, so it follows two characters. Well, it's kind of a big cast of characters, but there's two main characters. Um, a, it's set in England at the time of the Napoleonic Wars. And there's a little girl whose name is Stella, who is a farmer's daughter, except it turns out that she finds out that she was, in fact, adopted. She, her mom had been found, like, a ship exploded. Okay. And her mom had been on the ship and was found drowned, but holding on to baby Stella and... um hmm. They they rescued they they discovered the baby was not dead and so they rescued her and nobody knew who the mom was she had no identifying anything on her and so the farmer and his wife who were childless adopted her huh uh, and then there's a boy who is uh, Irish Catholic well he's sort of raised in England but I think his his grandmother was Irish or something like that. Um his name is Anthony, but he um he's an orphan also. Uh he was raised by his grandmother. Uh he has when when she dies, he's left on his own and there's an uncle who is a captain in the navy who he basically Zachary is sort of unwillingly pressed into being a midshipman on his uncle's ship. Mm. And it is a bad ship. Anyone who's read, you know, Age of Sales stories knows that there are bad ships with bad captains and bad discipline. And Zachary is right. A, seasick. B, doesn't want to be at sea, C, C, grieving and miserable. And he becomes the victim of bullying. And he's just, he eventually deserts because life is just intolerable and he doesn't have any internal resources. Right. He's um, also, the fact that he's Catholic, I think also is against him. Um, so he deserts, uh, Stella ends up seeing him and, and taking pity on him. He's, he's sort of been wandering around the countryside begging for food and she feeds him mm. and they have this amazing connection, like sort of almost soulmates, even though they're kids. Right. They're sort of destined to be a great romance, like from the beginning, they just have this mystical connection, really. And the, so the story plays out where um, he ends up, um, long story short, he ends up being adopted by this local doctor who kind of takes him in. Mm. And he's the the doctor who um, is deformed and has never married and never had a child, but he always really wanted a son. And so Zachary sort of becomes his son. And... Um, then the doctor eventually gets him, convinces him to like sort of turn himself in and rehabilitates himself. And he goes back to sea. And so it's kind of a story about these two characters and their connections. And, um, it turns out that Stella's father may be sort of in the picture. Mm. Um, but doesn't at the point where the story I am, you, the, you, the reader have figured out which character is her father, but she doesn't know and he doesn't know that they're related but they have a really strong connection anyway. This book is very much like all of these characters have these really deep soul connections. Right. It's very heartwarming. Makes me a little bit jealous because, you know, <laughs> I've never had these like magical like soul connections. Not with or... me. <laughs> like the kind of where, you know, she like has real dreams where she's like almost like, you know, Prophetic dreams where she meets Zachary, uh-huh. like has these visions of where he is, and knows that he needs her prayers. Anyway. Oh, she does remote viewing. Yeah, like remote viewing. Cool. She's sort of got ESP, right? Except she psychic powers. Yeah, very much. It's it's cool, and there's there's a, a Catholic priest who's and and sort of the Catholic, um, you know, in England at that time all the Catholics were either immigrants, like new immigrants, or they were the old aristocracy, like who were the only people in England who were able to hold on to the Catholic faith because they're the only people who could pay the fines. Right. Um, during the, the time when it was illegal to be Catholic. Um, so it's very interesting. Like there's, there's definitely a strong element of faith and prayer and their connection is sort of, like you want to call it, call it remote viewing, I think that there's an, a strong implication that there is a spiritual element to it. Sure, like the purpose for Stella being able to see what Zachary and and feel what Zachary is undergoing is so that she can pray for him in his times of trouble.
0: Are they a duology in the force like Ray and Kylo Ren?
1: Probably something like that. <laughs> but but it's, it's but there's very much a sort of sense in which her call is to to support him spiritually in prayer. And I really like that like the yeah. prayer. Is real and efficacious, and it matters in this story. And there's a lot about courage and sacrifice, and it's just really beautiful and wholesome. Cool.
0: So, uh, this the book I finished this week is not exactly on the other side of the spectrum because it actually has a few things like that in it. Uh-huh. So, it's the latest Tom Clancy novel called Flashpoint. Tom Clancy died years ago, but it's a continuation of his stories. So, it
1: has lots of ESP and uh, uh,
0: it has rosary and prayer. Oh, okay. Um so uh, it's called Flashpoint by Don Bentley and it involves Jack Ryan Jr, who's the son of the president Jack Ryan, who is the original Jack Ryan from the original Hunford October right. books and that sort of thing. So I've mentioned that before. Uh so it's interesting so there's a there's the obviously this the thriller concept in 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 you know the, the the at the core of it where there's this uh, private Chinese company that has deep roots in the communist party because it's china and they are they've actually identified jack junior as the president's son he has this secret identity kind of where he's this secret agent but his identity is hidden such that nobody should really know who he is uh because if they knew who he was they would all you know they would try to attack him to get at the president so uh this one the uh, CEO of this Chinese company has figured out who he is and is trying to get him um, in the so midst in of order it,
1: to get at his father
0: in order to get at his father. Right. So, so to undermine it, because that would undermine Jack Ryan senior and American policy would suffer. Foreign policy would suffer while he is grieving, et cetera. Right. So, um, that's sort of the, the the action plot. But the there's a the deeper plot is the internal to Jack, which is he's trying he's in his thirties now. He's trying to figure out what is my life going to be. Am I going to be this action you know, secret agent guy? There's a woman in his life. Should he settle down with her? He's pulled in two directions. He um you know, uh, and you know, and and in the meantime, he's being uh, put into a leadership position among his team. And am I up for it? Can I be this leader they want me to be? Um, and it's really kind of, a, you know, an, an interesting little bit of character study. It wasn't the best book in the series by any means. It felt like it ended a bit abruptly, but it was fun. Um, there's, uh, there's a bit of a um, rip from the headlines quality for uh, with it. At one point, one of the climatic... Events is um, over the South China Sea. The U.S. is sending long-range Navy reconnaissance planes called P8. I uh, don't Orion. Uh, they're P8s. The, is the designation, and um, they they, so they it gets harassed by a Chinese fighter jet and ends up crashing, and Uh-oh. they have to rescue the crew before they can get captured by the the Chinese military. As I'm reading this in the headlines, here's the headline The United States Indo Pacific Command accused the Chinese pilot of unprofessional intercept after the J 16 fighter craft the pilot was flying swerved in front of a U.S. reconnaissance aircraft over the South China Sea last week, visibly shaking the plane as it flew through the fighter aircraft's wake. I mean, that's exactly what happened in the book. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of except in the book, he caused them to crash. Uh, so it was pretty interesting. There's at one point in, in, I mentioned the rosary at the at the end of the book where um, he's trying to save this person um, and he's not sure he's going to make it in time to save them. And he starts. He said it says in the book. He starts praying the rosary to himself. So he's a, he's a Catholic character. It's not overtly like all over the place, but his the character Catholicism of both Jack Ryan Senior Jack Ryan Junior does come out in the books over over the series of books. So uh-huh. it's kind of interesting there. Um, also there was a nice little nod. Um, one of the first ghostwriters for the, the, the Tom Clancy series of books after actually while Clancy was still alive, he had ghost writers helping him was Mark Greeny, who wrote the, and writes the gray man series, which was made into that movie on Netflix last year. Right. Um, and at one point, uh, Jack says he's trying not to stick out in public to assume the gray man persona, which I thought was a nice little nod to oh, Mark nice. Green. Yeah. That was kind of fun. So I enjoyed it. I mean, if you like Tom Clancy, you like, if you like military thrillers, it's, it's right up that alley. There's even a submarine uh, battle going on. And it just is a throwback to the old time for Red October days.
1: I never read any Tom Clancy, but I did like the the movie hunt for Red October.
0: Yes. That was good with the, uh, the most Scottish Russian sub-captain <laughs> ever. Oh
1: gosh, you gotta love Sean gotta love Connery, Sean Connery, as, Connery. As,
0: as a Russian sub-captain. There was, he was the best part of that movie. He was. Uh, all right, so uh, so that's what we've been reading and watching. So let's uh, talk a little bit about Trinity Sunday.
1: Uh, or as my friend said, it's accidental modalism Sunday. <laughs> that's modalism Patrick. <laughs> I was thinking that today.
0: Uh, the the, the YouTube not, video.
1: We did not hear any heresies in our homily,
0: no. In fact, I think Father Emmanuel, who who celebrated Mass for us today, he did a great job
1: of avoiding it. In fact, he said that's not because that's not what Trinity Sunday is about, right? He said it's not really about look looking for like it's not about understanding the doctrine. the doctrine. It's about living the mystery, right? I I loved that. It's not understanding. It's not about intellectual understanding. It's about how we live. The faith,
0: a lot of priests get hung up on trying to explain the Trinity to the to people, which I get it. I mean, I I understand why they're trying to do that, because it's because people are confused by it. And so they try to explain the theological doctrine as best as can be explained, which isn't very good because it's 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 three persons, one nature. Like, how how does that work? (laughs) You know, and then you end up in accidental heresies. So right. So this one, he started with a story of the of a little child. Who asks his mother where is God? And you know she says God is everywhere. Oh he asked the priest where is God? And he says God is everywhere. And he goes home and says, Mommy, the priest said that God is every God is everywhere. Is he in the cupboard? Yes he is. Is he in the refrigerator? Yes he is. Is he in this sugar bowl? Yes he is. And then he opens the sugar bowl and says, God, I have found you You know, just you know, it, it was longer than that, but that's the yeah. essence of the story.
1: Which reminds me of a picture of a lift the flap picture book we used to have when the kids were little oh, called yeah. Where is God? And like the little, little baby, the toddler walks around the house looking for God in like the closet and in the drawer and under his bed. And um, then he eventually finds God in his heart. Which is
0: exactly what father says is right. um, he tells another story about the gypsy man who is uh, comes to the village and is drinking some water from the fountain in the square and is talking to the to the fountain. And a little boy a well. comes... What's that? I thought it was a well. Said, I think father switched from fountain to well at okay. one point. He said fountain first. But anyway, he asked... The, the little boy comes and says, who are you talking to? He says, I'm talking to God. He says, does God live in the water? And and the and the the, uh, the gypsy man says, well, come and see. You'll, if you look in the water, you'll see God. And so he lifts him up and he looks down into the well... And he says, "All I can see is my reflection. All I see is me." And he says, "That's right, because God lives in you." And so,
1: Father's point is, God principally lives in my heart. If we want to, if we want to know God, if we want to encounter God, the primary place we encounter Him is indwelling within us.
0: Right, God's not necessarily not. Primarily out there, like sometimes people want to go out into wilderness and find God in the wilderness, or they want to go out into the great cathedrals and find God in the great cathedrals. And God is in all those places, but first and foremost, wherever you are right now, God is in you. God lives in you. Which was the 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 message of last week, Pentecost Sunday, uh, where the fire fell. Hey, that's if it was if this was Pentecost Sunday, that totally would have been a Holy Spirit moment for me at the grill. Um, let the fire I fall.
1: Don't, I don't think so.
0: Tongues as a fire in your face. Anyway, um, I don't think the Holy <laughs>
1: Spirit appears as like a fireball in your face, a fireball from the grill because you <laughs> forgot to vent the the gas. Yes, I
0: guess that that's, would be right. That's
1: really not. Yeah. It, no.
0: Anyway, uh, Father said, you know, we are made in the image and likeness of God. He made me out of love so that I might love him in return. This love. We begin with love. God is love. If you know love, you will love. You will know God, right. and and that was another very important part of his homily,
1: right? And he, I really liked what he said about, um, if we love, we will reach out in prayer for those around us. If we refuse to pray for those around us, we will never know God, because when we care for each other, we are caring for God. I mm-hmm. really liked that that that. Love is, has to extend to our neighbor and we encounter God in ourselves, but in ourselves through our love of neighbor. Love is always outward focused.
0: Love isn't love if it is not always trying to escape, to go out.
1: Because it's about,
0: because love is about relationship. Yes. Which is why the Trinity is three persons. Right. (laughs) Because God is complete in and of himself. And if God is love, God must have more than one
1: person. Because otherwise it's just narcissism. Right. And God, that's not love. God is not sparkling narcissism. <laughs> um, but, but when we love, then we become that image of the Trinity. We, we live in God's love and we become like that eternal love, that immortal, undying love. Right. Uh, and that's how we experience God's life. God's life, God's inner life is that relationship of love. And so that when we enter into relationships of love, we are participating in the life of the Trinity. Like That's what the Trinity means is a loving relationship.
0: Right. The Trinity is not just an obscure doctrine. It is a way of living in love. Yeah, really good. Really good uh, by Father Emmanuel. He has such good priests. We're very lucky.
1: Yes, and we we didn't have to stand up and say that's modalism, Father.
0: <laughs> I think every year on, on Trinity Sunday, I put I include the video, the link to the video. The there's a video by this Lutheran uh, guy where uh, it's an animation of the pagan Irishman uh, responding to Saint Patrick, who trying to explain the Trinity using the clover leaf, and you know calling him out for. Heresies, because because the reality is is every time you try to explain the Trinity, you 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 always end up not heresy is a strong word, but you always end up in error because it's always an analogy. Right. And all analogies eventually fail. And you can't explain Trinity in human terms. We are we are too limited. Our brains are too limited to understand it. All analogies fail. Yep especially with the, in regard to the Trinity. All right. Uh, speaking of things ending, uh, uh, that's I, might, I have a bad
1: segue. That's a terrible segue. <laughs> it is a terrible segue.
0: So in any case, uh, something that's really good is we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Raising the Bets, including Chris N, Deborah B, Bradley J, Cynthia A, and Ryan N. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue raising the bets and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And that's it for this time. Find links from our discussion in our show notes at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S. Send your feedback at the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia. Send us an email at bets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Remember to like Raising the Bets on the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. Retweet us on Twitter, at SQPN, and leave us comments wherever you find us. We love to interact with you. Until next time, I'm Dom Bethanelli And I'm Melanie Bettanelli. Thank you for listening to Racing the Bets on StarQuest. All right, now we are recording. You're listening to Racing the Bets! No. <laughs> Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Star Wars. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com/slash star wars.